The Bills defeat the Colts in walk-off fashion and now prepare to take on the Broncos in the second of three preseason games. There's a ton to discuss, so stick around for our thoughts and join the conversation. This is the Friday Night Forecast. Yeah, it's been a long time coming to rep the East. Buffalo bat with a vengeance. We resurrected the team, man. We dangerous. Watch for these horns, they lacerate and cut. We don't play no game while we play this game. No, I play in us. You know what it's about, you made me wanna shout. They said to take it now, we took another route. Deuces to the drought. Play through all the doubters, finger pointing and laughing. The ones that was talking that trash are the same ones circling wagons. We ain't having it. Dominate divisions ever since we put the L in it. Box of competition, now the stadium like hammer fist. Stefan digs a grave. And he pays respects uh, to the cornerbacks that can't cover quickness, then he catches it. Yeah. In 1995 to 2020, break the streak. Yeah. Kept the faith in every season for the team, cause I believe. Taught me no matter how many times you're down, do not accept defeat. Feel like number 17. You got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen. Yeah. What? You got me feeling like I'm Josh. Okay. 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 You got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh. Yeah. Got me feeling like a Who? Josh. Yeah. Josh. Yeah. Succeed the most in the freezing cold. Yeah. Break a couple tables in a parking lot with sleet and snow. Yeah. Put the work in with Sean McDermott, a worthy coach. Y'all can get the hands like a Wilson ball when it's easily thrown. Yeah. Got so many yards to the point we own in property. Yeah. I remember haters talking foolish with that gossiping. But they don't want it with Buffalo. Cause when the winter storm hits, they'll be stuck with nowhere to go. Let's play Micah Hyde and seek. We'll find a week up on the field. Say hiking with at least the likes to trade White and Evans. All kinds of D. Back in the driver's seat, the single Terry. He's sprinting. Scary to carry the ball through the plane Embarrass these adversaries, prepare to be Victimized, we gave New England pads a bonded back Told New York to jet, they left the scene and packed the bags One fishing for some dolphins, left them beats upon the sand AFC East champs, you got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen Yeah, what? You got me feeling like I'm Josh Okay, okay, okay You got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen Yeah, Josh Happy Friday, Bills Mafia, and welcome to the Friday Night Forecast on the Cold Front Report. I am your host, Travis Blakesley. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Please go ahead and show us some love with a like, a share, and or subscribe so that you can stay up to date with all things Bills. Remember, you can listen to this show and any of the other shows in podcast form by searching for the Cold Front Report on your favorite audio app. Tonight, I am joined by a special guest, Mr. JTM, Jeremy Turner Montgomery. How you doing, sir? Hey, what's going on, man? How are you, Trav? Good. It's been a while. It's been a while. It has. It's been way too long, but I'm glad to uh, join you tonight. Uh, made it happen. We uh, The timing is right for us to come back together, and uh, it's great. Football's back, and it's almost, what were we, like 19 games at home opener? I mean, 19 days at home opener. 19 days. <clears throat> Sounds about right. Um, speaking of uh, football, we'll start the show by getting into what happened while we were away. Um, the Buffalo Bills come back and walk off fashion defeat in Indianapolis, all while resting most of their starters. Veteran Matt Barkley led the Bills to three consecutive fourth-quarter scoring drives and was capped off by a 46-yard Tyler Bass field goal to end it. 
That said, this game displayed countless plays made by numerous young players. In other news, the Bills have announced a couple cuts. Offensive lineman Jordan Simmons and Derek Kerster. We'll skip that last name, but Derek K. (laughs) Cornerback Elijah Griffin, Tim Harris, tight end Jalen Weidemeyer, and linebacker Markel Lee. Finally, Coach Sean McDermott announced that the Bills starters would receive, quote, a healthy amount of snaps against the Broncos. Um, That remains to be seen. With all that said, Jeremy, um, discuss the week that was. Your overall thoughts on the game, uh, any comments, questions, or concerns going into the next one? Yeah, you know, I thought that the – I thought that they they came out flat. You know, I, I would I wanted a better showing for Case Keenum at the beginning. They're a little bit flat, but I think that is to be expected for their first preseason game. A lot of times now, actually, as we know, the new way of uh, training in the off season is hardly no training, no two a days, not a whole lot of work. So I think that's to be expected. Um, I don't put too much on winning preseason, winning or losing preseason games. Me personally, I know other people view that differently. I just look at certain players. But as far as uh, some of the young guys that we drafted, you know, obviously a Baylor inspector, a Terrell Bernard, good showings. Kyrie Elam was a solid showing. So these are the guys are trying to make this roster, but the understanding that this is a championship caliber team. And when you're called upon, you're not called upon a situation where you have too much wiggle room to really learn on the fly. You know, it's just not a lot of room for error. So they showed up and I thought it was good. Yeah, I mean, it may not have started off great um, outside of the defensive performance. I thought that was something you could take take uh, and and kind of run with it with the defensive line specifically. Um, you got those videos of Settle circling around. Um, you know, that's you know, put, putting a uh, perennial pro bowler, all pro on skates was great to see. Um, I didn't really get to watch too much of the offensive line. They were rotating a ton, so I didn't really know who was in. Um, but later in the game, it was good to see uh, some 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 guys step up. And, you know, like you said, it doesn't mean anything. It's always nice to win. You don't want to watch your team lose. But I really like the point that you brought up where a lot of people, you know, maybe outside of the punter, a lot of people are talking about players that are probably won't even be active, you know, let alone make an impact. Um I thought Christian Benford showing was nice. Um, he's definitely going to make the numbers game, and we'll get into that later. He's going to make it tough because that's a guy that there's not a chance I, I, I see him sliding through waivers and making it to the practice squad. Um, he just showed too much. The, the, there's been a lot of reporting. And uh, when you're, like you said, a championship-caliber team, other teams are going to take automatic flyers. You know, Gone are the days of – you know, it's the Bills, but you got to show me on tape. They're they're going to hear names and they're going to see the Bills, and I think that they're going to assume assume the best. And when you got uh, former coaches running other organizations and and leading leading other teams, they're going to be the first ones to poach. Yeah, no, I agree. The days of uh, the assistant running to the GM and trying to convince him of why he should sign this player are coming from Buffalo is like you said it's far gone as you see with Weidemeyer he signed with the Patriots immediately today so once again that's a division rival um and I agree with your point you know I as, as Sean McDermott's coaching tree gets out here and Brandon Bean's management tree gets out here because that's one thing too we, have, we also have a management tree around the league now that progresses yeah it's going to be harder to stash players and like you said they're going to pick up your 
practice squad players in the offseason. They're going to pick off your second stringers and third stringers. And then they're going to pick off your assistants. And then they're going to pick off your your man, your your assistant managers and things like that. So it, it's a good spot to be in. It's horrible. It sucks at times, but it is a very good spot to be in. We've definitely found ourselves with great greater problems to have. Um, at least it's it, you know the the silver linings. It's coming for 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 from success. So um, you know, outside of last game, let's kind of put that to rest. And we're at the end of the week. We got a game coming tomorrow. What what do you think about the uh, the starters playing? Um, you got you got two camps. You got the the ones who just want to see your guys play. You know, you, they need the reps. Obviously, people automatically assume since they've done it before that they don't need to practice. Um, anyway, anyone who's a tradesman, anyone's got a job, you know, you you got to you got to have some time on task. And then there's the 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 group all the way on the other side where. They think if if one of these guys straps up on a uh, on a game setting, even though they've been practicing for a month, you know they're they're going to get sneezed on and they're going to get hurt. How do you feel um, the Bills are handling this situation where our opponent and many other teams across the league are not playing any of their starters? I always think it's a bad idea. I think you know we've obviously trimmed this down to three playoff games, and if you go back to when they, I mean sorry three preseason games. Um, when it used to be four preseason games, your starters would probably play a series in the first game. They'd probably play two series in the second game. And then the third game, I believe, it used to be like maybe a half at best probably, your starters. In the fourth game, they would probably wouldn't at, play at the all. most on that third game. They're coming out of halftime to take one, you know, get, to get that, that right. uh, vibe of going in, coming out, playing a series. But that's it. Right, exactly. So, it, you know, it's a situation like – they have to play. You have to get the reps. You you know, we do have a couple new offensive linemen. You do have a new tight end in O.J. Howard. You have Isaiah McKenzie taking the third spot. You have Jamison Crowder possibly taking the fourth spot. You have Shakir, who's a rookie in the fifth spot. You have, you have to play these guys. And yet, to me, I equate it to almost driving a car. All right? You have to go to the grocery store. You have to go do things or run errands. Yes, there's always a chance that you can get into a fender bender. But are you never going to drive? No, you, you just have to do it. So, yeah, I think tomorrow's a bright game for the play. I would expect the starters to probably play two quarters, I would say, probably at best. Maybe two quarters at best. Um, maybe not even. Maybe only a quarter. In the third game, you're not playing at all. Yeah, and you bring up a good point with um, the new faces. And something we didn't touch on, we got a new guy calling plays. Yeah. We got a special teams coordinator, uh, you know, who's doing it for the first time as well. So, the you know, the... Do you want to iron it out on the national stage on a Thursday night to open up the season? Probably not. And the timing of it, I think, is very good because, like you said, it's only the second game. You got you got almost three weeks before the, the home opener. Those soft tissue injuries, those bumps, those bruises, you, you can get you can heal up by the time, you know, the first game comes around. So I, I think the third game is, is out of question. Um just logistically because somebody somebody pulls a hamstring they they might not make it so you know i'm i'm in the exact same boat although i i going into the day before i guess denver announced that they're not going to play anybody uh or at least i was unaware until today um i thought they would come out and play at least a half but with the other team not getting uh starting reps maybe it's a little less maybe not but I mean, 
I'm sure there's certain guys that are come out. Maybe Case Keenum gets a couple uh, uh, series with the starting offensive line, yeah. you know, just just to to, to, <laughs> to put those fans at ease for uh, you know the, the pitchforks and uh, and torches coming after Mr. Keenum. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not overly concerned. These these are these are football players, and that's what they do. They play they play a physical sport, and injuries do happen 100 percent of the time. Um, so moving on and from this segment to transition into another one, there's going to be a lot of talk about obviously cuts. There's going to be a lot of talk about bubble players, um, players who are contesting starting positions. Although there's not many, there's still a few that, um, with the likes of, you know, Trey white who may not suit up week one, um, guys who are, you know, who are coming back from injury there's still a couple players that may see some runtime come week one. So I wanted to do a little exercise here. I picked three uh, positional groups and based upon what we kept last year, why don't we go ahead and see what you're, I know you have a 53 man out there. You, you're, you're formulating all that. Just give a little insight. We'll stick. We'll start with wide receiver last year. Uh, I believe they started, or they started the season with six wide receivers Obviously, we know the top four in the draft pick, but um, why don't you uh, run down who you think is going to make this 53? So I think you're going to stay with six. I think you're going to obviously Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, um, Isaiah McKenzie is your top three. Those are the easy ones. I think that you still run with Jamison Crowder. I think you obviously run with Kalil Shakur. And I think your six is going to be Tavon Austin if he has a strong showing yesterday. But I mean, tomorrow, he Tavon is one of the guys who has to have a strong showing tomorrow. Um, he needs to have a positive, one or two positive part return yards, and he'll be fine, or he'll be on this team. Um, so I'm still gonna go with six for now. Yeah, you bring up a good point. Uh, Austin is some guy is a guy who's off a lot of people's radars. Obviously, injury and bouncing around in the league, but he's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised. I think um, for me. I think it's an either-or situation with the veterans, um, meaning him or Crowder. I think in the in the long run they're going to end with Crowder, but I just don't know outside of the punt returning and kick returning. Um, do they need the Jay Kumaro? You know, he's not a primary gunner. Um, that's what you know. A lot of people talk special teams, but he's not. The, you know, he's not Saran Neal. Those are. They're two different special teams guys, and I think the the role Kumaro plays is a is a, is a little overhyped. I mean, they say he's a glue guy, he's a good guy, but at the end of the day, you know, the choir boys don't don't always win the championship. So for me, I'm going to stick with Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, and Isaiah McKenzie. Obviously, Khalil Shakir is not going anywhere. I will keep Jamerson Crowder. But I'm going to throw in a little fan favorite and go with I, Isaiah Hodgins. Now, I, I'm i going to base it on the equity that he's given us from last game running into the next uh, tomorrow's game. But I, I think it's more of a hope um, because he's a guy who's – he. I think he was talked about on a higher level than Gabriel Davis when he was drafted by a lot of guys. Um, I think a lot of people expected it to be uh, them to be drafted in opposite uh, order. 
he caught everything in college. I mean, that that's one thing that can always be said. He's big guy, but he doesn't really play big. So I'm hoping for him to take that next step. He's not like those quick uh, twitch guys who are going to get open and give you a big window to, to throw the ball. He's going to be somebody who's going to lead the contested catch. And I know Bills fans love the, 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 Duke John, uh, the Duke Williams of the world, guys who can get up there. <laughs> Clearly, that's not the Bills. You know, the Kelvin Benjamin experiment did not go well. Um, Allen does seem to do better with those quick guys, the guys who can run routes and get to the spot where they need to, when they need to be. Um, but I think it's just a testament to uh, the things we've heard out of camp. And I'm kind of pulling for, for Isaiah Hodgins. Um, moving on to cornerback. Uh, I know a lot of times we, we only rolled with four, but I think we entered the, the year with five cornerbacks. Let's assume we're going to roll with five. Right. Who is going to be your top five? So on my list, obviously, so this it gets a little tricky, right? Because we're talking about the numbers game. It gets a little tricky because obviously I, I'm under the belief that Tredavious White is not going to suit up for this team before week three. I agree. So with that, with with knowing that and having him start on either an active injury list or just pop list, however you want to list it, I'm gonna go with Kyrie Elam, Dane Jackson, Teron Johnson. That's I mean that's your top three. And then I'm going to turn around. Saran Neal is your number four because they technically listen as a corner now. And I'm actually going to go with Benefert. But in my my my, my um, projection without Trey White healthy, I'm going with six. And I'm going to bring Cam Lewis as well because you're going to need another veteran. The Cam Lewis one is is he's basically the reason why I came up with this exercise was because you talk about primary backup slot. Um, or a guy who can play all the, you know, both positions. He mm. he's he's been one. He's like a cockroach. You can't get rid of him, man. He's, he's been around. <laughs> he he's made plays when he's called upon, and it's it's good to see these these younger guys, these lower draft picks, um, to be able to actually play in the league. And and they've played in some tough spots. I believe didn't he come in, in during the Kansas City game two years when he broke his wrist? <laughs> right? You know, it's like yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he's been in some tough spots. Right. He, he's done well. Um, obviously, Benford is a guy who you, you really – if you're, if you're going to cut him, you're never going to see him again. Um, seems like a diamond in the rough. Um, the, the DNA, the makeup, whatever, however you want to call it, is there. Uh, you, you know, you talk – you listen to Leslie Frazier talk about him, and it's like his, it's his firstborn. Um, so <laughs> he's a guy that you, you got to do – like you said, if you have to maybe – go a little lighter on the defensive line as opposed to like what we did last year. It's something that you got to do because he's a guy that's going to be in the pipeline and you can never have enough corners. I mean, we've been clamoring for, for talented corners. He's big, you know, he's taller. Um, he's got everything you're looking for. Uh, the Saran Neal thing though. So I'm assuming if Cam Lewis doesn't make this team, Saran Neal is going to be your primary backup slot corner. I mean, I don't other, – otherwise, we really don't have a guy on the roster, right? No, you don't. You don't have another one. So N- Not for slot. No, and, and, I mean, it's arguably the most important position in a Sean McDermott defense. So when I saw Saran Neal sit, obviously he's, he's here for the special teams, but he's he's been kind of like – formed into certain roles per game you know you, you throw him on a travis kelsey you, you you do a lot of different things with him 
So in my thinking, I'm going the same way with you as I don't think that Trey White's ready to play. I think they go with five. And then when the season hits, you know, you never know who's going to get injured. Maybe you don't need to pump bump it to six. But for the sake of argument, we'll say uh, Trey White is does not count against the roster. Um, you got your Taron Johnson. You got your Dane Jackson. Obviously, Kyrie Elam, Saran, Neal, um, and Benford. Now, the, the interesting wild card would be a Nick McLeod. What position are they going to stick him at? And do you, do you think he has a shot, an outside shot of making the roster? Excellent, I do. Um, I believe they're, they're going to leave him at safety. But I think Nick McLeod is going to running to be the gunner opposite of Saran Neal. I think he's in a, in a direct running for Taiwan Jones because I don't feel that they want to carry four running backs on this roster with Taiwan being the fourth. The last couple of years, yeah. it's always been three, with the third one being either Taiwan Jones or the, year before, the couple of years before that, Sonoris Perry. So I think Nick McLeod is you're probably an extra safety coming on board. Um, so I, I do think he has a role, and I think that may be it. I saw um, side um, saw across from us, Randy, another gunner. That's very interesting because, you know, he's getting that guy, they're getting up there in age. And uh, like you said, to have a team that doesn't run the ball very often and you're allocating four running backs. And I don't even know if that's not even including Reggie Gilliam, is it? No. No. So it's like you got a bunch of guys and their their snaps are limited. So I, I like the, you know, Taiwan Jones is great. And I'm sure at some point he's going to hit a wall. Will it be this year? Um We'll, we'll see. We'll wait and see. Uh, lastly, we'll go with the offensive line. Another – this one's tough because we haven't seen many of the guys play. We we, we, uh, we got some an idea on a lot of guys, but some of the newer guys we, we, we haven't seen, the Saffold. So why don't you break down the offensive line? So obviously you got your starting five. I, th- I think that's already been determined. I don't think we have to think about that too much. Now, yeah, qu- quick question. Is, is, is David Questenberry the starter? You know what? For week one, I am starting Questenberry because I think Spencer Brown is still working his way back from the back injury. So okay. I'm thinking you're going Dawkins at left tackle. Obviously, you're going Safford at left guard, Morris at center, Ryan Bates at right guard, Questenberry at right tackle. But then that's where it gets tricky because, like I said, I, as I was saying before, earlier in the week, if you carry nine offensive linemen on the game day roster, you only you can only allocate for 46 roster spots for game day. If you carry eight, then you get 48 spots. So I'm assuming the Bills are going to be carrying eight offensive linemen the majority of the year. So with that being said, you got to think about the three backups. Obviously, I'm going to throw uh, Spencer Brown on there. He's your primary. He obviously, if whether if if he does if Questenberry doesn't start, then Questenberry's your start. Your backup there. Then I'm going to go with. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Greg Mans. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's your backup your backup center, and I'm trade in my projection. I'm trading Cody Ford. We've seen we've seen worse players get traded. You know, traded here, right. and he's a second round pick. I mean, we've taken flyers. Who was that guy from the Chargers that was on the team last year? Forrest Lamp. Yeah, same same exact. People are going to take flyers on him, and a team like the Giants, where they're down to like their fourth center or something, you know, they're they're cutting guys just to bring on no names, just so they have enough offensive linemen. I think you're really on to something. And Tommy Doyle is my eighth. 
because that's your backup. He's been your backup left tackle. So if I had to go, and then honestly, I think you're going to keep nine linemen. I just think you're going to keep eight eight active on game day. My knife would probably be, uh, what's our other guy inside there? Ike Botker? No. Um, no. Well, cause, but are, are we, we're assuming he's not good to go until later in the year, right? I don't, yeah, I think he's going to be in, I'm going to check here. I believe he's going to be inactive for, honestly, the majority of the year. And then when he does be active, I think he's just, they're just going to move on from him. Depending on injury. Yes, depending on injury. Um, so, I mean, a couple guys that you may have left out, um, you got, uh, obviously, our favorite, Bobby Hart, who's making some noise in the guard <laughs> position. And, uh, you know, he's he played 11 snaps. That says something when uh, a guy like Luke Tenuta, I know he's a rookie, but he played every damn one of them. He played 100% of the snaps. So the fact that he only got 11, 11 reps, I don't know. And Bobby Hart might be sticking, you know, he's he's the... And that guard he's, position. He stuck around this many years in the league, so it, it shouldn't be surprising. Bobby Hart is like a, what, a 10-year vet this about now? He's close. He's, he's at least been on that. He's been cut and signed that many times, I can assure you that. Um, yeah, I mean, our our prediction is about the same. But like, uh, let's see who we, you got. You got your starting five. You got Greg Mance. I'm with you there because I think finally we actually have a a center first backup. I know he can play guard, but uh, I think he'll be your primary. So that's six. You got a Spencer Brown or David Questenberry. That's seven. Uh, Tommy Doyle. That's eight. Now, if they do decide to, go, to to keep nine, I think it is Bobby Hart, and yeah. especially these next two games will prove it. Um, whether or not he's willing to stick around. Uh, what are you expecting to see out of this offensive line? I, or at least what are you looking forward to most? Uh, you know, we got a Cromer back. You know, we, we saw what he did with Richie Incognito when he came, when he had his tenure here. Um, are you looking more run game, pass game? What are you, what are you looking at? I'm looking for more balance. I, I think that's what myself and most Bills fans and us have been looking for the last couple of years is more balance. Try to get a little bit away from this, Brian Dable air raid system that we kind of had um, because we know that any, at any given time in Buffalo in the show in New England, that New England in that game last year, that you may not be able to pass the ball. And we're going to automatically assume that this team's going to be the number one seed in AFC most likely, right? So that's assuming you're going to have two home playoff games. Any given day, that weather in December or January could be just about anything. Well, look at last year. How many? I mean, we had like two two nice day games. Not even, maybe even one. I mean, the home opener and every other game was shit. The weather, right? <laughs> Buffalo's weather is so bipolar, mm-hmm. so we have to be equipped and be able to do everything. And there's no reason for us not to be able to run the football. We have we have the perfect trio of backs. You have a kind of do a little bit of everything at Devin Singletary. You have a power back, and I'm going to move to pile and score touchdowns on Zach Moss back. And now you have this, if you give me the wrong matchup or the wrong hole, it's a touchdown and James Cook back. So there's no reason for us to not have a running game. It, it, it's, it would be completely asinine to not have one. So I'm looking for this offensive line to create holes and move people. They've done a hell of a job protecting Josh, but now we need to other, add that other aspect, and that's why we brought a guy like Roger Staff over here. That that brings me to my my, I guess assessment 
for tomorrow will be watching Roger Saffold and seeing if we can create, if we can truly have that guard presence where, you know, you're, you're collapsing defensive lines. Um, you know, whether or not they, yeah, I'm curious to see the pin and pulls, all this kind of stuff. Are you going to get guys on the outside? All that's always interesting. But I really want to focus in on, on the run game. And I'm assuming we're going to see, I, it may not dictate how we run our offense going going forward in the regular season, but I think we'll see a lot of run heavy, especially going against a bunch of twos. You know, straight up, sh- split veers, just simple plays, and just one-on-one beating your other man. And I'm really looking forward to it. And I think that um, we may have the right group of people. I mean, Bates came on real strong last year. Um, so hopefully he can pick up where he left off. Obviously, Deion Dawkins is Deion Dawkins and getting him healthy at the beginning of the year because a lot of people forget, you know, he he caught COVID, caught it again. He, he, he had a rough start to the year. So having him on top of his game. And then Questenberry, I mean, he played every down for, for the Titans last year. So whether or not we see him or Spencer Brown week one, he's no slouch either. You know, is he all world? No, but he, he's a guy who can certainly get in, step in there and play. And if there is a position where you're, you're looking to, to fill that hole, it's going to be that right tackle. I mean, if, if, if there is a weakness to the line, having a guy like him who has experience is definitely where I, I would be looking for. Um, so it, it'll, be, it'll be exciting to see what this offensive line can do. Um, before we get, get out of here, uh, let's just move on to our last segment and um, – Kind of go into what 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 type of what player per se. Well, it doesn't have to be starter, but just who someone maybe made a little bit of noise last week or someone who you didn't see. Who you who are you looking to watch for um, tomorrow? For me, uh, honestly, I, I think the main player I'm watching tomorrow is Tavon Austin. It's like it's it's something that's so overlooked, but it's something so important. When we had Andre Roberts, we saw him change whole games around with just flipping the field on one return, third quarter, fourth quarter. Absolutely. Ch- change the whole dynamic of a football game. And, we, you know, we, we can go back years of talking about Tyvon Austin and watching West Virginia and coming in the league and, you know, being a, pretty much a human highlight reel. He has a chance to solidify himself a spot on his team. And, honestly, if he's the guy we think he could be, that changes everything. Because now you're putting a top five defense on the field with a crazy fan base at these home games. And now when that punter is punting from his own end zone, you have a guy back there that, A, is going to catch the ball and not fumble or muff it. But you also have a guy who can take this ball from the 50 and put Josh and Bass right in field goal range from the first snap. That's something that we've been missing the last couple of years. So tomorrow, I'm looking, my main guy I'm looking for is Tavon Austin. And he's really a boomer bust because he's only carrying a cap hit of just under a million. So he's somebody you could cut if you need to. But like you said, Andre Roberts, how 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 much? And and I think he deserved the money we paid him. But we spent a lot of money for him to to be special there. And if you can, if he shows out, Tavon Austin, a guy who can also really help you on offense too. You know, it, it's not not just you know he's he's not just going to touch the ball and kick off or punt. Um, you know, if you can get a guy under where, where his base salary is, uh, I think it's 1.1 million. 
that that would be a steal. And honestly, I'm glad you brought him up because he's he, like you said, he's an afterthought. He he's a guy where you people don't mention him, and I think that's not deserving of of uh, what he could bring to the team, and at least what we need. Like you said, we don't have that returner uh, right now. It's it's up in the air. Clear uh, Shakir. You know, he caught the ball, but he didn't. He, he didn't. He didn't look great out there. And you know, he's a rookie, and it's, you know, a lot more goes into it than just that. But that being said, it's not solidified. So, that's a great choice for me. I'm going to go with OJ Howard, um, okay. yeah. because obviously um, we're not going to see Dawson Knox, I assume, and this is going to be an opportunity for him to play with the ones, um, and. He's gotten. I think he's one of the players who everybody who covers the Bills, everyone who's a fan of the Bills, have been really down on. And I think a lot of people kind of have to pump the brakes a little bit and realize what a tight end number two actually does. And their primary goal is not necessarily to catch the ball. It's blocking. And that's one thing that's never been knocked on O.J. Howard. He's always been a formidable blocker. So... If you can get a little bit of uh, a little bit of play out of him and decent blocking and in the regular season, I'm totally fine with that. I think his his cap numbers, he's on the, the team regardless. But I mean, th- this is a guy who, you know, he, he he couldn't this this at least this summer he couldn't play dead in a western. You know, for for Bills fans, he just really he really did not move the needle that much and uh i'm just looking forward to see if he's able to kind of rectify that because um you know it's not super important but injuries happen you got to have a guy that can uh, make plays um give me a score prediction i know it doesn't matter but uh <laughs> give me a score prediction hey you know it doesn't it may not matter to me and it may not matter to you but i can tell you what there was a whole lot of fans that sat on their seats last at their seats last week for a preseason game. So um, I'm going to go. I think the Bills continue their streak, the 10-game 10, 10 winning streak now for preseason games. Uh, I'm going to say Buffalo 31, Denver 10. If they're not playing any starters, 10. Yeah, I'm with 33-17. Okay. Um, you know, who knows? I just Let's see. Uh, Let's just make sure my. Let's just instead of you know, worry about wins and losses, let's just worry about who gets out of the game healthy. Okay. Obviously, that's the number one thing overall. Um, now, the last thing I want to just talk about is just a hot take. Any anything, anything out of the ordinary that we see tomorrow. One hot take. Uh, okay. You know, I got I got a good one. It's probably a little different, right? Josh Allen rushes. For at least one run of more than fifteen yards, and it's gonna have everybody on that seat of their the seat of their edge of their seats if he runs his ball. I got a caveat: Will he go out of bounds or slide or neither? You know what? Knowing Josh, you know you would think that he tried to run somebody over, stiff arm to say get himself going, but I think he goes out of bounds on it. Yeah. I'd like to see him slide because you never know what happens out of bounds. What do you step on and trip over? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. Um, all right. For for a hot take, I'm going to say that Matt Horiza, Matt Horiza has a punt with a hang time over four and a half seconds. Ooh. 
a lot has been talked about the hang time and the long, long kicks and yeah. how that's kind of like a returner's uh, wet dream. But I really think you get him in a good situation um, somewhere around the 50, and I think we see one of those. Um, and then that's it. I mean, I think the, it's over as it is, the, the, the kicking competition, but I think that's the final. We've, see, we've seen all the things we know he can do well, and then the holding was, was n- number one for me. And then just being able to manage that leg was, was a close second. But, you know, like we said, he's just a guy that can – yeah, he picks up a golf club, he probably drives it 320 yards. You know, he yeah. just seems like that kind of guy. And, you know, to have him and Bass, they, they kind of remind me of the same, just the opposite, you know, the two different positions. Yep. But they're just they're, – they're great. You know, one of the things is the kickers and the punters of, of the past are no more. We're growing up, the kickers had the one bar – yeah. You know, and they weren't athletic. They couldn't tackle. They couldn't do anything besides kick. They, that's no more. These guys are athletes. They they played other positions in high school. They possibly could have played other positions in college. Um, yeah, you're right. They can go out. They can golf. If you're going to play a basketball game, they can play that. So that's no more. These guys are actually athletes now. Yeah, and Ghana, what was it? The the replacement? No, was it the replacements? The the kicker was smoking cigarettes before yeah. <laughs> before making the kick. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, any closing comments before we get out of here? No, like I said, man, I just I just want to say everybody got the game healthy tomorrow. Um, obviously, I, I I do want this this part of the season sucks. You know, this is probably the hardest part of the season because you see you see some of these kids fighting so hard and playing so well and giving the raw and it just unfortunate this is a really good football team now and there's not enough room for everybody on the roster or the practice squad so i just want to see everybody get out healthy and i and i hope that a lot of these kids like players like isaiah hodges like matt hack who may not actually end up making this roster should have a good showing so there's a real good chance that they're on another roster come week one of the season yeah a lot of people forget that you know, they are playing a game, but this is their job. Um, yeah. A lot riding on it, you know. So when, when you see when you see a, a, a guy who's not going to make the team make a big play in the fourth quarter, it means something to him, and also it may mean something to him getting on another roster. So, you know, hopefully everyone gets healthy, number one, and even if they don't make the, the roster, let's put on a good show so that, uh, you know, they can continue the dream, man. Um, But other than that, this was the Friday Night Forecast. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Um, Enjoy the game and go Bills. Go Bills. Yeah, it's been a long time coming to rep the East. Buffalo bad with a vengeance. We resurrected the team, man. We dangerous. Watch for these horns, they lacerate and cut. We don't play no game while we play this game. No, I play in us. You know what it's about, you made me wanna shout. They said to take it now, we took another route. Deuces to the drought. Play through all the doubters, finger pointing and laughing. The ones that was talking that trash are the same ones circling wagons. We ain't having it. Dominate divisions ever since we put the L in it. Box of competition out the stadium like hammer fist. Stefan digs a grave. And he pays respects uh, to the cornerbacks that can't cover quickness Then he catches it yeah. In 1995 to 2020, right the streets Kept the faith in every season for the team, cause I believe Taught me no matter how many times you're down, do not accept defeat Feel like number 17 You got me feeling like a 